Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Vengeance is Mine, as we pick up in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 15. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. This portion of Isaiah is actually Hebrew poetry. And, and we see the, the thoughts are expressed in very picturesque ways. Crooked paths, groping like a blind man, like a person with no eyes, stumbling at noontime as though it were midnight, desolate as the grave, men who dwell in the grave or as places as dead men. And God looking on the whole thing, seeing the whole perversity of man, seeing the greed of man ruling his heart as no one is really seeking to be fair or honest or just. No one calling for justice. Everybody getting by with whatever they can. And he saw, verse 16, that there was no man and he wondered that there was no intercessor, no one to cry out against it. People just allowing it to go on. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness, it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. It remind you of Ephesians chapter 6, where we are told to put on the whole armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. And he put on the garment of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, and to the coast he will pay the recompense. In Hebrews it says that it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. For we know him who has declared, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And God here speaks of this day of judgment. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. Now, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, and he has spoken of that, of that which has taken place here, the enemy has just come in like a flood. There doesn't seem to be any intercessor. Anyone who is really seeking for righteousness, anyone who is really seeking for the right thing, no intercessor, and God wonders at it. And the enemy has just come in like a flood. If a person seeks to live righteous, he is sort of isolated. And when the enemy shall come in like a flood, then the Spirit, because there is no intercessor, there is no man to do it, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. God intervenes and begins to work. And the Redeemer, Jesus Christ, shall come to Zion, to Jerusalem. And unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth, or out of thy mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever." For God, in spite of all things, is yet going to show forth his mercy and his grace upon these people. Paul the Apostle said 
that blindness has happened to Israel in part until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. But then all of Israel shall be saved, as saith the scripture, for the Lord shall come to Zion. And so Paul is making a reference really to this particular prophecy of Isaiah of that glorious day when Jesus comes and establishes his kingdom and from the covenant of God with the people that shall be a perpetual covenant forever. And so the deliverance of Zion, the glorious day of the Lord. Paul said the cutting off brought salvation to the Gentiles. What do you think the, the grafting of them back in, is going to be? If, if the cutting off of Israel brought such glory to the world, how much more when God restores them and restores his work with these people will the glory of the Lord fill the earth? Oh, arise and shine for thy light is come. For the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thine eyes round about and see all they gather themselves together. They come to thee. Thy son shall come from far and thy daughter shall be nursed at thy side. And then shalt thou see and flow together, and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged, because of the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee, and the forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. The multitude of the camels shall cover thee, the dromedaries of the Medes and of Ephah, and all of they from Sheba, Saudi Arabia, shall come. They shall bring gold and incense. And they're getting the gold right now. And they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. All of the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together unto thee. The rams of Nebaioth shall minister unto thee. They shall come up with acceptance on my altar, and I will glorify the house of my glory. Who are these that fly as a cloud, and the doves to their windows? Surely the coast shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish first, to bring thy sons from far, their silver and their gold with them, unto the name of the Lord thy God, to the Holy One of Israel, because he hath glorified thee. And the sons of the strangers shall build up thy walls, and their kings shall minister unto thee. For in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favor have I had mercy on thee. Therefore thy gates shall be open continually." They shall not be shut day nor night, that men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles, that their kings may be brought. For the nation and kingdom that will not serve thee shall perish. Yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted. The glory of Lebanon shall come unto thee, the fir tree, the pine, the box together to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will make the place of my feet glorious. Now, with this prophecy of, of the glorious coming of the Messiah and, and the glory that shall come to Israel when Messiah comes. You can understand the difficulty that they had with Jesus Christ. Even his own disciples wondering when he was going to overthrow the Roman government. And his own disciples troubled when he talked to them about his crucifixion. 
when Jesus said to Peter, after Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto you that thou art Peter, Petros, little stone. And upon this Petra, this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then Jesus began to speak to them how that the Son of Man must be rejected by men and turned over to the hands of sinners and be crucified and slain and on the third day rise again. And Peter began to rebuke him saying, Lord, be that far from thee. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense unto me because you can't tell the difference between what comes from God and what comes from man. When Jesus started talking about his rejection, about his death, Peter couldn't stand it. Lord, don't talk like that. Be that far from thee. The Jews had great difficulty because here in chapter 53 of Isaiah, we read that he would be despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him, but surely he hath borne our griefs and he has borne our, uh, carried our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we were healed. For all of us, like sheep, had gone astray. We had turned everyone else to our own ways. But God had laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And he was smitten and all. And, and these prophecies of the Messiah and his suffering. Now we read of, of the glorious glory that is going to come to Israel when the Redeemer comes. So it was only natural that the Jews had difficulty trying to correlate such opposing positions as were prophesied with the Messiah. So the way they settled these opposing positions was to spiritualize the suffering. And they only accepted and, and looked at those scriptures that spoke of the glory, of the reign of the Messiah. And they emphasized that aspect and spiritualized the others, the suffering, the death, the rejection, and all, they would just spiritualize those scriptures. Now, as the result, they failed to recognize their Messiah when he came, though he was definitely fulfilling their own scriptures. Next, as we get into chapter 61, we will see in the prophecy itself a definite division between the two comings of the Messiah. And it's just within one verse, there is a break, and, the, and he immediately begins talking about the aspects of the second coming of Christ in contrast to the aspects of the first coming. Now, Jesus, when he came to the synagogue in Capernaum, and they handed him the scriptures to read, opened the prophecy of Isaiah to what is to us the 61st chapter, and he began to read to them. And he read the first part of the chapter, but he stopped suddenly, closed the scroll, and set it down. And looking around, he said, Today, this scripture 
has been fulfilled in your eyes. That's a pretty heavy declaration. But he, the interesting thing is where he stopped. Because he stopped right where the aspects of his first coming stopped. He did not go into the aspects that dealt with his second coming to proclaim the day of the vengeance and the wrath of God. That, that is yet to come. So he stopped before he got there. Now here again, in chapter 60, we see the glorious reign of the Messiah and the prominence that Israel will have as the Gentiles will gather unto it, the nations, and the strength of the nations will be brought unto it, and a, and a general bringing together of the people from all over the world and the glory that shall rest upon the nation. And this is what the disciples were constantly looking for. After Jesus had risen from the dead, and he said, now wait in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. For John indeed baptized you with water, but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost in just a few days. And the disciples said, Lord, is that at this time you're going to bring glory to the kingdom? He said, ah, come on. It's not for you to know the times and the season that are pointed to the Father. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking about another issue. For you're going to receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and you're to be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. But even then, they were still looking for this glory. The disciples were arguing, well, now when the Lord sets up the kingdom, uh, I'm going to be greater than you are. And they were disputing who was going to be the greatest. And the Lord said, what are you guys arguing about? Oh, nothing. And that's when he said, whoever wants to be the greatest, let him become the servant of all. And, and he taught the way to greatness was the way of, of, of a servant, servanthood, humbling yourself in the sight of the Lord that he might exalt you. And so it was a problem with the disciples because you have passages like Isaiah 60 that tell of the glory and, and the people were true patriots and they desired the glory to Israel and they were looking for the Messiah to bring that glory and when Jesus failed to do so but instead submitted to the suffering of the cross they couldn't handle it. Many of them forsook him and fled. Uh, they, they were they were expecting the kingdom to be established immediately. They didn't know that God was going to use this interim of time to gather from among the Gentiles a body of believers, which would be known as the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. So he speaks of this glorious gathering, the gates being open, and then bringing the forces of the Gentiles for the nation and kingdom that will not serve thee shall perish. Those nations shall be utterly wasted. The glory of Lebanon will come, and I will make the place of my feet glorious. The sons also of them that afflicted thee shall come bowing before thee, and all of they that despise thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet, and they shall call thee the city of the Lord, the Zion 
of the Holy One of Israel, the glory of Jerusalem in that day. Whereas thou hast been forsaken and hated, so that no man went through thee, I will make thee an eternal excellency, a joy of many generations. Thou shalt also suck the milk of the Gentiles and shalt suck the breast of kings, and thou shalt know that I, the Lord, am thy Savior and thy Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. For brass I will bring gold, for iron I'll bring silver, for wood brass and for stones iron. I will also make thy officers peace and thy exactors righteousness. Oh, it'd be great to have righteous tax collectors. <laughs> Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting nor destruction within thy borders. But thou shalt call thy walls salvation and thy gates praise. Oh, what a glorious time and day and place. When the city, the walls are called salvation, the gates are called praise. And so enter into his gates with thanksgiving and in into his courts with praise, where people will just come to worship the Lord in great celebrations. Oh, how glorious. The sun shall no more be thy light by day, neither for brightness shall be the moon to give her light unto thee, but the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light, and thy God thy glory. Thy sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself, for the Lord shall be thine everlasting light, and the days of thy mourning shall be ended. Thy people also shall be all righteous. They shall inherit the land forever, the branch of my planting and the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. A little one shall become a thousand, a small one a strong nation, for I, the Lord, will hasten it in his time. So the Lord declares his purposes that he will accomplish in his time. The glorious restoration of God and the work of God among this people, in this city, and among this nation. Oh, what a day when the Messiah comes. And that's what the heart of the Jew is yearning for today. That's what the heart of the Christian is yearning for today. When God's righteousness shall cover the earth as waters cover the sea. Glorious day of the Lord. And as we look at the world in which we live today, we see more and more the need for God to intervene. We see the injustices that fill our earth. It seems that if a person does stand up for what is right, he stands alone, is isolated, and made fun of. And so the time has come, really, for the Spirit of the Lord to lift up the standard against the enemy, for the Redeemer to return and to establish righteousness and his righteous kingdom on this earth. God is seeking for justice and for judgment. God is seeking a people that will honor him, not with their lips, but with their hearts, 
or their actions. God is seeking a people that will serve him with a pure heart. And God is open unto them and to their cries. But unto the wicked, there is no rest. There is no peace. God help us that we might live in a way that is pleasing unto him, that we might know that peace of God, that our hearts might be established in his peace and in his love as we await Messiah to come and for God's promises to be fulfilled in that kingdom age. We'll continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Isaiah on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Isaiah 59 through 60 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. God bless you, and God cause you to abound in His grace and in His love as we show ourselves merciful, understanding, patient, and kind with those that are about us. May God help us that we will be His servants and His representatives as we lift those that are fallen as we reach out to those that are oppressed and as we share with them that which God has given and done for us. May God make us his instruments of righteousness in this needy world. God wondered that there was no intercessor, no one to stand up. God help us to be intercessors in these days. God bless you. God use you for his glory. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Have you ever had a friend who's not a believer and they ask you a question about the Bible and you're thrilled? Finally, they want to know about God, but then you go blank because you can't remember the scripture that would answer their very question. You're not alone. It happens to me all the time, and I think if only I had a quick scripture reference that would help me right then and there, that would be perfect. 
Well, guess what I found? Pastor Chuck's Old and New Testament study guides are available to download as ebooks instantly to your phone or mobile device. Now, whenever you need to find the meaning to a scripture reference quickly, you can. Pastor Chuck has written great little Bible commentaries to help anyone come to a better understanding of God's Word. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download the Old and New Testament study guides by Chuck Smith. Or if you would like to order these books in print, call the Word for Today at 800 272 